haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. in my bag swag oh yeah baby oh yeah I, oh, oh yes i like that i did not come to play with you <laughs> i came to slay i like cornbread and collard greens Hey everybody, welcome to Queen Talk. This is Kayla and I have my guests here. Guests, do you want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, hey, I'm DJ. I mean, that's for another thing, but I'm Shira. <laughs> Hi, I'm Marissa. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you. no problem. Thank you for being here. Um, so this is basically like the first official, official show and we are going to talk about something really, really interesting. Um, but I just want to tell you about Queen Talk really quick. So basically, it's a space for female-identified individuals to kind of just be ourselves and talk about issues that we face from our own perspectives. So I just really felt like there was a need for this show um, on the radio because you don't hear a lot of shows with female-identified hosts only and no, like, males in the space. So, yeah, that's why we're here. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about Romeo pimps. So, we really just started brainstorming and we were like, what, what do we care about? Like, what do we like? And I was like, well, I like Chris Brown. I like Ty Dolla. And then what? what did you guys say? And I was like... I like all those things, too, but I feel like as a woman, I'm constantly having to defend myself for liking these things. Um, you know, talking to people who think I must not know about these people and what they've done, or I must not care about myself at all if I'm participating in a culture. But I I feel like as a woman, it takes so much cognitive dissonance to be a person in this world. So I'm thankful for the space to talk about these dudes and these quote-unquote men and see what they're about and see how they affect my day-to-day and how I situate myself in the world. Yeah, and we were also just talking about, like, I don't know, just we enjoy this music and the, like, difference between listening to Chris Brown and R. Kelly and Usher and all these people who have done questionable things versus, like, all these men in Hollywood and this information that's coming out with Harvey Weinstein and Woody Allen and all of the awful things that really most men in uh, the these industries are participating in. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I think the first thing that we want to touch on is just the fact that all of the people that we're going to be talking about are um, identify as black or African-American um, and identify as male. And um, just the fact that they've been accused of violence, dehumanization, or abuse towards women or girls, and um, that they're oftentimes forgiven by women and girls. Um, 
And we thought maybe it's because, like, they're traditionally attractive and they make great music. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, do you want to touch on that a little bit, Shira? Yeah, I had um, a conversation a few months ago uh, where I was sitting in a a room with one other woman and two other men, and um, they were like, yo, Shira, like, how come you still mess with Chris Brown and you're always playing him and working out to him, but you are not okay with Woody Allen. And in my head, it was so obvious because, you know, I grew up as a woman and I've learned to appreciate Chris Brown and like what his music offers and like learned the value that comes from that as a woman and have learned to value his messages, even though I know that they oppress me and are bad. Um, Woody Allen is old compared to me (laughs) and he has done this for countless years, this being... Um, he married his stepdaughter and he's an abuser. Um, and it just kind of put me in a place where I felt like I was explaining myself over and over, but it took a while for these men to understand. And I felt like I lost a lot of autonomy in that moment as a woman. Um, you know, just having to explain that, um, as if I didn't know that what Chris Brown has done and did to Rihanna was super wrong, but it's still my decision, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you, Marissa? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think with um, Woody Allen, for example, like he is someone who is in power, both Woody Allen and Harvey Weinstein, these like powerful white men in Hollywood who have been like exerting their influence um, for so long. Like Chris Brown, when when everything went down with him, Rihanna, he was like, what, 22, 23 Um, did not have a lot of power and influence. And I think, like, there has to be room for us to be able to say, like, wow, you're a young man that has grown up in a really messed up society. Like, at what point do we allow, like, forgiveness and, like, rehabilitation for those men versus, like, someone like Harvey Weinstein and Woody Allen who were, like, in their 60s and have been, like, repeat offenders over and over and over and over and over again. I just, like, look at those situations as being really different. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I think to, you know, cut the cord on Chris Brown had this one incident, even though maybe it it went on for a long time with Rihanna, but to cut the cord on that and be like, yes, he did this. Um, He hasn't raped or abused anyone since, even though his music in a way talks that way. Sure, it's about appreciating a woman's body, but it, it can be damaging for some people to listen to, I'm sure. But, you know, having some sort of acceptance over that music because it is just like so a part of our culture and where I choose to go out and what I choose to listen to and what I see in my immediate surroundings is sort of just a weird thing to realize. Yeah. And I think that before the show started, Marissa brought up a really good point where she was just like, you know, when you go to the club or you like go to a friend's party or whatever, you don't control the music that's played there. And if it's it, if it's popping, it's popping and we're going to dance and we're going to have fun. And it's like in the moment, you don't really think like, oh, yeah, like, Chris Brown, you know, beat up Rihanna. Like, why? Let, let, I should just walk out of the club and, like, forget my money and forget Protest my friends. That one song. Yeah. And so, but like you said, like, going to the movies or something with, um, you know, people who are actors or people who are directors, like, you have a choice to go to the movies. You have a choice to purchase those tickets or purchase mm-hmm. the movie or stream it online, whatever you do. <laughs> and, like, I just thought that was a really good point because it's, like, I feel like it's almost not intentional. Like you, you 
don't think about that unless you have to think about it. Yeah, and you yeah. just want to have a good time. Um, and I can totally imagine myself out at a club and being, you know, having the thoughts, listening to the lyrics of said Chris Brown song and being like, dang, I don't, I'm not feeling this. For, I mean, I am feeling the beat, but I'm not feeling this. Um, and, you know, like sitting down and getting sort of introspective about that. And then a dude coming up, not understanding, not being thoughtful, you know, not all dudes, some dudes would be like, hey, why aren't you dancing? Like, mm-hmm. this song is banging. <laughs> right. So I think that's always just a weird thing. You know, when do you choose to tune out all the terrible things that are that women are pitted against? Um, and when do you choose to talk about them and engage with them and try to make change? And when do you choose to just be like, I just want to dance and yeah. not think about, like, all of this stuff that I think about all the time as a woman? And I don't know if it's just going to be one song. You're not like using your buying power at that moment to like make a you know statement like you would be at the movies or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And Shira, when you were talking about you know the content of Chris Brown's songs, I just wanted to bring up something that you brought up in some of our conversations, which is you know many people criticize rap and R and B music in hopes of proving misogyny um but it could also be an extension of anti-blackness or racism so just like what about other genres of music like i feel like almost every genre of music you know over sexualizes women and girls and like Mm -hmm. or is talking about like unhealthy relationships or you know like yeah yeah almost always non-consensual yeah uh yeah country music i i we shared a situation two summers ago where uh, we were teaching somewhere, and it was not encouraged to show a rap music video um, because of the messages it explained. Well, it was encouraged to show a country, a current country music video um, that still is totally objectifying women's in the said women in the said music video, and like um, I just thought it was interesting what we associate with bad, and a lot of times that is black men, and it's not fair, and it's not. It's not even accurate in this, you know, but it just it takes, I think, people thinking critically about it and realizing that these songs are often preaching the exact same thing. Well, and think about all of like the really famous rock, so-called rock gods who had all these groupies that were like 15, 16 years old that they were like essentially having non-consensual underage sex with all throughout like you know the history of rock and roll there's Mm -hmm. so many awful and predatory men and all of their lyrics are very sexualized and very like can be seen as super derogatory towards women so i think that yeah there's there's a definitely a double standard in how people think about misogyny in um in rap and r&b music yeah I have a family friend who saw the Beatles one of the first times they were in Los Angeles at the Hollywood Bowl. And at that time, there was a moat um, separating the stage from the audience. And there were apparently 14-year-old girls swimming in the moat. And the Beatles, you know, like pointing at them and summoning them up stage. And, you know, like you don't know what happened after that. And that is quite literally the same thing. But in like Amer- Western society in America's mind, it's almost like the Beatles can do no wrong. The Beatles are just the Beatles and they're the best band ever. And don't get me wrong, I love the Beatles, but like I'm sure if I'd listened to some songs very closely, it'd take some of the same cognitive dis- dissonance that um, to like be able to appreciate that I go through every day when I'm listening to 
music that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So we've done a lot of like talking about the songs. So I want to um, go ahead and take a listen to one of Chris Brown's really popular songs. It's called Loyal um, and just kind of dissect it after we listen to a little bit. Here it is. Young Okay, we were definitely diddy bopping in here to that song. <laughs> diddy bopping. <laughs> but what do you what do you think? Like, what do you think about like now that we're like intentionally listening to the lyrics? Like, yeah, what do you hurts. think about that? <laughs> um, first of all, I want to say thanks to the caller who called in and is listening and totally. engaging mm-hmm. with the conversation. Yeah, you know, thank it's, you. Yeah, thanks. It's just nice to, especially a dude, to just. You might be 60, but you're still a dude to us. Um, <laughs> it is, it's nice to, you know, have somebody just be listening and then affirming and agreeing and saying, yeah, you know what? You're right. Don't blame it on your generation. It's been happening. It's part of our society. It's here. And then, like, not trying to defend anything. It just is. And it's something a lot of people are working really hard to fight. And it's... It's a day-to-day battle, I think, for a lot of people. But it's also fun to live in this world and dance to Chris Brown. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically the hook of that song, I know it was the clean version, but basically it's just alluding to the fact that um, if your boyfriend can't do anything for you and a rich guy can, um, hook up with them. But, you know, you're still not a valued member of society. You're still, you know just kind of an object that isn't going to be loyal to anybody but you're just kind of mess around and um 
that's okay because that's all guys want you for basically that's what i got out of the hook that's crazy to me too is that like he's saying you know you got to do this because your boyfriend's not supporting you he's not making enough money so go out there hook up with somebody else but then at the same time he's saying you have to do this to feel value but then wait you're not loyal I'm not valuing you. You're not good enough to be, you know, actually with me. So it's kind of just like here, we're at this place where we can do no right. We're just objects. Right. And he's criticizing her for not being loyal. But at the same time, like he's not exactly being loyal. You know, he's like (laughs) singing about being with all these different women. And like, you know, it's it's totally a double standard of women versus men and who who has to be loyal, who's expected to be loyal. Yeah. Um, Black girl with a big booty. If she a bad, let's get to it right away. That is a li- Those are lines in the song. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so if you have a banging body, like, who cares about your personality, your thoughts, your mind, mm-hmm. your soul? Let's just go hook up. And and if you don't have a banging body, according to Chris Brown, you'll <laughs> never talk to Chris Brown. Right. <laughs> so that's... Come on, Chris. Yeah, and I think it, it's interesting. Like, you know, it's... This happens a lot in our culture, but like pitting women against each other, you know, talking about the black woman and then the white woman, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that too, just, and I think that's, you know, that's why it's so important for women friendships without, you know, just having your girlfriends, which is also another reason why I'm super thankful to be here. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> love you. I love you too. Um, <laughs> sorry, sentimental moment. Just okay. a tender moment for the radio. Yeah. So Chris Brown just came out with a new album, 45 songs. That's why you didn't see him much. We're like, where's Chris Brown? Is oh, he I having a breakdown? At the Moda Center. Um, okay. <laughs> he came out with Heartbreak on a Full Moon, and one of like the top tracks is called Big... Oh, Juicy Booty. Sorry, not Big Juicy Booty. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think we're just going to do a little bit of the same thing, and if you you'd like to call in we'd love to hear from you um just try to call in after the song and like maybe give your thoughts on you know what you got from it your perception yeah okay this is juicy booty Okay, sorry, I told you you should call in, and I didn't even give you the number. It's 503-231-8187, and it's 503-231-8187. So if you want to, call in and we can chat. Otherwise, 
What do you think about the song, Shira? Well, I just love this song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, super catchy. It's super catchy the past two mornings since I've heard it. Usually my 5.48 a.m. wake-up call for the gym before work is like, the most miserable but i just i get this thought in my head like you're gonna get to the gym and you're gonna listen to juicy booty and it's gonna be fun you're gonna get a juicy booty at the gym it's gonna be great Mm -hmm. and there's that aspect of it too and i can't deny it but like it's a chris brown song i don't know you know what else to say about that and go from there i think it's just the same internal battle that you're always facing or you're not you turn it off sometimes and it's on sometimes, you know, like seven twenty two PM after a long day of work and I don't have the same energy as I have right when I wake up in the morning. I'm not necessarily feeling it right yeah. now. And that's not me being like an indecisive woman who keeps changing her mind sort of thing, you know, like sometimes I'm an activist about it and sometimes I just want to dance in the club about it. Mm-hmm. That's just that's life. And having intersectionalities, I think, around certain top, you know, things. Cool. So we have a caller, um, Alan. Alan. Yeah. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Good. How Good. are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, I want to comment on Chris Brown. Um, uh, so I just I tuned in when you were playing Loyal. <laughs> And then I just heard the um, uh, the new song off his new album. And I think it's kind of funny that uh, in the new song he says that he'll do whatever he can because he wants her, he wants her back. But I thought I thought that she isn't loyal. And he's like, <laughs> he, he, he's not loyal, you know? Yeah, and also, like, he wants her back, but he's just talking about all that in the jeans. Like, what's that? What's all of that then, you know? What does he want back? That's right. just... That's just booty. Oh yeah, he only wants he wants some things back. Maybe not all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan, for calling in and giving your depiction. I agree, and I think it's the evolution of Chris Brown or the de-evolution. <laughs> the de-evolution of Chris <laughs> Brown. I mean, hopefully, he gets his act together. I mean, he, he didn't have a queen in Rihanna, and uh, he slipped a little bit. So maybe uh, he's turning a new leaf. Yeah, we're hoping for the best. Thank you so much for calling in and listening. Yeah, hey, thank well, you. Hey, welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as the evolution of Chris Brown goes, this song is way more tame than Loyal. Um, way more just, it doesn't seem to be, you know, the chorus is exactly like you said, Shira, just juicy booty and just fun. It's totally just like in the club or something, dancing. And it seems way more tame at the surface, but also at the same time, like, R. Kelly is in this song, too, <laughs> which is someone that we're going to be talking about later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. I, ooh. I want to th- thank Alan for bringing a really good point to my head, which is I think Chris Brown is speaking as a lot of men, um, cis men, when, you know, he's talking, you know, loyal, these women are not loyal, um, but I want her juicy booty back. And now that's combining two songs, but that seems to be like the trope of <laughs> yep. 
the remix. His music. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the remix. The loyal Juicy Booty. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> he and wants a loyal Juicy Booty. He wants a loyal Juicy Booty only so that he could cheat on her but still have the Juicy Booty. And I, what I was going to say is that I think a lot of men kind of fall into this category is that they want her back but they don't want the whole woman they want her back once they you know like start to see her you know like being successful or all that she has whether it be like that she's so beautiful or that she's smart you know and she has her stuff together but then once they have that it's more of just the chase and the game and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter if she was loyal or she wasn't so thank you for bringing that something I already know to my attention because it's always good to just like sit with helps you know your worth. Yeah. Yeah. But let me just play a little, you know, uh, Chris Brown. I do love him. So let me just play on it for a second. What if you look at the song like he is appreciating a full figured woman and he's appreciating someone with a nice juicy booty like you mm-hmm. know what i mean like we can't always just jump to the negative like if someone it's was Chris singing Brown. if someone <laughs> was singing juicy i love your juicy booty you would be like wow thank you i've been working on this like you know what i mean so it's like yeah. i feel like there can yeah. you know there's both sides yeah there's totally room for that and for like praising a woman's body i think like we just always have to remember that there isn't I don't know. There's there is that double standard where women's bodies are always being sung about, and we can appreciate that it's definitely praising. Um, but when you see it all the time yeah. in like so many different ways in music, there's a point at which it's like, I feel like we're almost numb to it. Like I don't even notice half the time yeah. that a song is objectifying women, or and I, this one doesn't have to be objectifying, right? Like it depends what light you're thinking of it in. Um, right, but. I think that's why it's so easy to appreciate, too. Although I would like to see, you know, if we're going to be, it would just be so cool if there is a song praising women's bodies. But then, you know, in the verse, it was just talking about, yeah, this woman's body can have a child. Like, that's magic. (laughs) Um, But that doesn't seem to happen. But I, I do appreciate the praise of Juicy Booty. And, you know, like, that's something that sort of attitude and appreciation is something that I want, you know, and all my partners too. So mm-hmm. I feel it. Okay. So I just got some information that a caller, we missed you. I'm so sorry, but we're going to get to your point. So it is someone who identifies as a father. Um, and he asked if we could talk about how he could support his daughter with being empowered when music is oftentimes like objectifying like we're talking about which is so you are so awesome oh gosh (laughs) i love my dad but be mine too that's so great (laughs) yeah seriously so do you guys have any like tips or like tricks or what do you think i would say more than anything just support your daughter in finding women identified artists Mm -hmm. i think for me what was the most empowering as a young woman is like most of my favorite musicians were women or women identifying people and that I think allowed me to see that there were just so much talent and so much um, energy uh, that women could bring to music. And you can still enjoy, obviously, like male musicians as well, but showing your daughter that she can seek out female identifying musicians who are like strong and powerful and talented and will inspire her yeah and also to add on that i feel like obviously i need to talk about beyonce because she's the queen and she inspired Mm -hmm. me to do this show so beyonce a lot of people you know a lot of people criticize her and think that she kind of hypersexualizes herself 
And, um, you know, how could she be a feminist when she's, you know, just loathing in her sexuality? And I feel like someone like Beyonce, someone like Rihanna, someone like Cardi B, like those are women that are kind of taking their sexuality back, like they're owning it. And they're Mm -hmm. saying, you know, women are sexual. They're allowed to be sexual. And we get to choose when when we want to be sexual. And and I think that it's it's empowering to hear that in, you know, female female identified artist music you know so i would just tell your daughter to listen to beyonce because she rocks also one thing i really appreciate appreciate about beyonce is that she does the whole sexualizing herself thing when she wants to and then she can also um make the emotional side of music and expose that in a really beautiful way which is oftentimes an emotion that is just attached to woman and seen in a negative light but when beyonce does it it's really empowering and beautiful um also for me something i am super into hip-hop and Mm -hmm. have been for a really long time and i had a lot of trouble with you know the male dominance of the genre and you know the messages that it preached a lot of the time when i was younger discovering it and something that helped me too was listening finding the samples of these big hip-hop songs because a lot of times they aren't as uh, dirty and a lot of times they're just beats too so that was really helpful for me too as a young woman hip-hop music listener and then I was able to just you know like school all the boys when I got older knowing where like that song actually came from awesome yeah good tips mm-hmm. thank you for calling in and sorry that we missed you okay um Michelle come on through hopefully this isn't my mother <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, ladies. Oh, my! this is my mom, you guys. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi. I'm, I'm listening to the show, and I appreciate you bringing up the topic of misogyny. My question, though, to you is, as I'm listening to you, I kind of feel like you're giving Chris Brown a hall pass because he's an attractive young man. Can you speak to that? I'll let your daughter answer that one. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're talking. That's what the whole show is based around is like, why do we, why is that a thing? Like, have women been conditionalized um, or socialized to value looks over character and actions? So, yeah, I totally think that I give him a pass because I find him attractive. And that I think it's a combination of I find him attractive and I just really genuinely like his music. Like, also, we are socialized to value these looks in a in like a societal curriculum dominated by men of course we're going to see that well and i think also sometimes he's getting a hall pass and sometimes he's not right like we're talking about how when that music comes on in the club and when it comes on on the radio like you can participate in that cognitive dissonance to forget about about all of the awful things because as women we are bombarded with so 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 much misogyny at all times we can't be aware of it at all times like sometimes you just have to be able to turn it off and enjoy Mm -hmm. the song on the radio or enjoy dancing in the club without being like okay i'm gonna walk out and not listen to this song um yeah and i think that i which i which i what which i agree with you on that i just wonder you think about and i'm by no means am I giving a hall pass to these other men out there, but you're looking at like the Harvey, uh, you know, Weinstein, and now he's not, you know, 
young and attractive and he doesn't have some good music out. So we automatically shut down and go, okay, you know, nope. You know what I'm saying? So it's just how do we get the message out, though, to the young ladies out there, to our daughters, to, you know, my future granddaughters that um, oh, goodness gracious, you know, <laughs> yeah, that they have a voice and that that they um, that they should look at all sides for sure, and that they shouldn't give a hall pass based on on looks. And I'm not saying one way or another that I agree with anything as far as Chris Brown, you know, Harvey, all that jazz. But I just want to make sure that. I know you guys, and I know what you're trying to say, and I want to make sure that it comes across that way as well. Yeah. I think that we're, yeah, I think that just having this intentional conversation is kind of putting into context that we need to sometimes be able to check ourselves and be able to turn off the Chris and the tie and in the R. Kelly, but also like to not shame ourselves and shame other women and girls for liking the music. Like, you know, I, right. it's just, it, I think it's just on an individual basis. And as long as you are aware and you understand why you like the music and maybe not, maybe you don't care for the person in their actions, but you can still like their music and that's still okay. That's what I think we're trying to get across. Yeah, I think it also comes down to buying power. And like for me personally, I can, and this is my personal choice. And if someone else wants to buy a Chris Brown album, uh, you know, more power to them. But for me, like I will enjoy Chris Brown's music on the radio, on Spotify. I'm personally not going to pay to buy an album of his um, and or to buy tickets to go see him in concert. That's my personal choice. And that's how I choose to, um, you know, make a decision around how I feel about him. But at the end of the day, I do still enjoy his music. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. See well, you thanks. later. <laughs> Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you for calling. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's 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 hop off Chris Brown. I feel like we need to give him like some time to breathe, just and... so that I can listen to Juicy Booty tomorrow morning. Exactly. But whatever. Um. So let's dive in. So we kind of said that we were going to talk about R. Kelly and Marissa. Um shared a really interesting article with Sharon and I about R. Kelly and kind of circulating around what the allegations are um, currently. So I actually printed it out if you want it, but I know you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you just want to kind of like summarize what the article's about and like what you pulled from it or anything like that? Um, well, basically, it's just an article that was published on BuzzFeed. Um, it was published on BuzzFeed because some other major news outlets turned down uh, the story because it was really controversial. Um, and BuzzFeed picked it up. It was written by Jim Derogatis, who's the same uh, reporter who first reported on um, the uh, videos um, that came out a while ago of R. Kelly. Um And that first brought up allegations of assault against him. Um, But basically it goes into detail about all these women who are in R. Kelly's inner circle. Some people are calling it a cult um, because of what he does with takes away their cell phones. They're all living with him in these homes. Um, And there's there's a lot of mystery around it, but also um, a lot of the parents of the women uh, are convinced that their daughters are brainwashed and that R. Kelly is abusing them. It's really awful. It's also a really good article, and I would highly recommend reading it. It's very in-depth. But yeah, for me, like, I already knew that R. Kelly was pretty messed up, but after reading this article, I was just like, I can't even... 
like even mess with R. Kelly anymore. But at the same time, like his music is still really catchy, right? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I, it was really traumatic for me to read, uh, not just because, yeah, I mean, I was just affected by it. You're, you know, thinking about young girls, you're thinking about yourself 10 years ago and how that could be you or that could be you now um, because he is just such a predator. And I, after I read it, I just Google imaged and Instagrammed R. Kelly and it's, he's still just living his normal life. Um, so you can talk about their past. But I think, yeah, I don't really necessarily know what I think except for that it's all disturbing. And if you don't know about R. Kelly, he sings remix to Ignition and I Believe I Can Fly. <laughs> and he um, oh my has <laughs> allegations of, you know, abuse and assault with really young women. And has a pattern of that, too. I mean, the for years, for a very long time. And uh, something that the article talks about is about all of these um, lawsuits that have come up against him that he has settled with money so that he doesn't have to go to court. Um, it's happened over and over and over and over again. And something that we talked about when we were prepping for this episode is like that really famous song with him and Aaliyah, Age is Nothing But a Number, Um he produced that with Aaliyah when she was like 15 and what they got married when she was like 15 mm -hmm. what was he 24 25 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and that's you know he's what in his 40s now and he's still doing that same thing still going for girls that are like 18 um yeah, yeah. it's a pattern and going for girls who are you know interested in um becoming musicians themselves a lot of the time and using his power and fame and connections to quote unquote mentor them. And I think that's how the, the that's abuse cool. starts. Yeah, yeah. It's not cool at all. So it's we a should Romeo play that pimp. Song yeah. It's a, yeah, Romeo pimp. a Romeo pimp. Yeah. Let's play a little snippet of, um, AJ, nothing but a number. Okay, so given the context that we just explained, listening to that song, like, how uncomfortable are you? 
because I'm pretty uncomfortable. Pretty uncomfortable. It's not as good as a song as it used to be. Right. And I mean, it's still Aaliyah singing, but it's, you know. It almost feels like Aaliyah singing, but R. Kelly, she's like a puppet. You know, mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's yeah. singing her. Yeah. What's crazy for me is how much the music industry turned on Chris Brown for a long time. I mean, I think it's more recent that people are not really um, talking about what happened with Rihanna anymore and are more just like listening to his music and promoting his music again. R. Kelly has not received any flack. Like I just saw a video on Instagram like yesterday or something of him performing at Snoop Dogg's wife's like birthday or something. <coughs> like everyone still supports R. Kelly. No one is... There's no backlash for what he's doing, and it's crazy to me. I think that it's crazy, but I think it makes sense because I feel like R. Kelly is Chris Brown. R. Kelly was the Chris Brown of, like, my mom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the Mm -hmm. he was just, Mm -hmm. like, that dude. Like, Mm -hmm. he was, you know, handsome. He was making all the hits. Mm -hmm. And, like, there were allegations. But, like you said, like, he might have paid some people off. Mm -hmm. He may... Like, they're allegations at the end of the day, so we can't, you know, sit here and speculate. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's... It's just crazy to me to think about, like, I almost feel like... I mean, I know they're two different situations Mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just feel like it's almost like a generational mirror. Like, I... Because I know... That, like, a lot of older women and a lot of older black women, especially, that I know, um, still love R. Kelly. Like, they're at all of his concerts. Mm-hmm. They're singing all of his songs. They're wiping sweat off his face. Like, yeah, they're yeah. grabbing on him. Like, I've seen multiple videos. And it's just, like, crazy to think about, like, okay, it seems wrong that they're doing that to him. But, like, why doesn't it seem wrong that, like, Chris Brown did that to Rihanna to us? Like, that's just, like, blowing my mind. I right mean, now. I think that we all think that it's wrong what he did to Rihanna. But we're just somehow... Desensitized. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're totally desensitized. We see it all the time. I mean, we've all probably known some of our friends, people actually very close to us, to be abused by their male partners. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know anyone besides R. Kelly who targets young i don't know anyone personally who targets that targets younger woman and you know right keeps them in a house and potentially brainwashes them not to say that it's like i mean i don't know if it's better or worse you know thankfully i've never experienced anything like that myself but like it's just hard yeah it does seem like a blueprint of the past and that's a really interesting point it makes me feel like we haven't necessarily come very far in that realm Mm -hmm. yeah it's like really blowing my mind. But um yeah, so I don't want to do too much speculation around him just because those are allegations and you know um I just don't want to dive too deep because it might be like triggering for some people. So mm-hmm. we can move on to um so we wanted to bring up Usher quickly um because he's also been in the spotlight and he is um a black R&B singer. Um, and there are allegations of him knowingly spreading an STI, um, to multiple women. And now they're kind of all coming out and saying that, you know, they were intimate with him and they got this STI afterwards. And they're, some of them are saying, you know, cough up the money, but some of them are just like, you know, what's going on? Like, how could you do that? And I just wanted to get your guys' like perspective on, on why, why he's a part of this list and like, what do you, you know? How he fits into what we're talking about with Usher, I think it's sort of, it's sort of weird because it seems. I mean, just growing up with Usher, you know, from starting from like before Let It Burn, but 
he there are so many ushers at this point. He's still making music. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really easy to uh, detach this STI usher from the usher I actually love, which is like Confessions Part 1 and 2. Um <laughs> Which is still about a man cheating on his wife. Which is still about a man cheating on his wife. But, and those two things are really related, having and passing an STI and cheating on your wife. I'm, that happens. That's real life, unfortunately. Right. But I feel like there are just so many versions of Usher at this point, And he has made so many music and so many hits and has so many styles in this R&B genre that... Usher now is a different man to me than Usher, than middle school Usher for me. And I I don't know really how to resonate with this whole news as much. Not to say that I'm defending him. I'm always on the woman's side. That's why I'm on Queen Talk. But, (laughs) um, you know, I also don't know as much about this story. Yeah, I think it's still developing. They're just allegations and... Mm -hmm. I think the only problem, because we were talking about this, because I was like, I don't want to go on the show and, like, chastise or, you know, make make people who do have STIs feel like we are, like, coming for them. Right. Because I feel like there it's already a taboo subject and people always want to kind of, like, ostracize and, um, like, marginalize people who have STIs and, like, they're humans, you know? So I don't want to do that to Usher, but we did talk about... The reason that he's on this list is because the allegations in the stories that have come out have said that he was knowingly spreading this to people, and that's, like, not cool. Right. If you're going to, you know, if you have that, that's fine, but, you know, you need to offer someone the chance to consent to having, you know, being intimate with someone who has an STI because there's a chance that you may catch that STI. Right. For him, do you think, if you could put yourself in Usher's shoes, do you think he has the assumption that all these girls would be intimate with me anyway because I am Usher? Or do you think he's embarrassed? Like, where do you think his lack of communication falls in that? I think, I mean, this is an assumption, but I also think it's a power thing. Like, I don't think that he thinks he has to tell them. Yeah. You know, he doesn't think it's ever going to come back to him. Um There also could be a fear that, like, these women who are potentially, like, fans, groupies are going to take that information and Mm -hmm. tell it to people. Mm -hmm. And maybe he is embarrassed that it would get out. Um, But at the same time, like, that totally does not excuse, you know, not disclosing the fact that you have an STI. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I just wanted to touch on that really quick. Um, But we kind of wanted to wrap up with one of our favorite guys. Um, well, one of my favorite. One of mine's favorite, what <laughs> can I say? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's on this list because most of the other people that we've touched on are kind of like the playboys of R&B. Like they have this, you know, kind of persona where they're objectifying women and it's just like plain as day, but we still love them because they're handsome. But Drake, <laughs> on the other hand, is kind of like the soft boy of the industry. Um, that's just a term. Um, so basically some people feel like his music is all, you know, like lovey-dovey and mm-hmm. it's like Marvin's room and like, oh my gosh, baby, I love you so much. And like, why'd you leave me and all this other stuff. So it's like a little bit more soft and a little bit more sweet to some, but he still dehumanizes women and, and objectifies them in his music and perpetuates unhealthy relationships. Like a lot of his songs are like, 
you know, why aren't you calling me back? You need to call me back right now. Like, I love yeah. you. What's wrong with you? Like, nothing's wrong with me. I love you and you don't love me. Yeah. How could you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so great. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like that's still a problem. And one thing we talked about is his, like, personified relationship or the perception we have of his relationship with Nicki Minaj and, like, his obsession with her, um, mm-hmm. that he's, like, made several statements and, like, in a lot of songs said, like, you know, if he had the chance to be intimate with her, like, he wouldn't even think about it. Like, it's 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 ready to go, basically. Like, he's he's with that movement. So it's like... Um, <laughs> In, in like, so I don't know. We wanted, we wanted to talk about Only. It's a song by, um, Drake, Nicki Minaj, and Lil Wayne. Wayne. Lil Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. So just listen to the lyrics and peep Nicki because she rocks and she is like telling her truth in this. Y'all. I never fucked Wayne, I never fucked Drake. All my life, man, fuck's sake. If I did, I menage with him and let him eat my ass like a cupcake. My man, fool, he just ate. I don't duck nobody but tape. Yeah, that was a setup for a punchline on duct tape. Worry about if my butt fake. Worry about John thinking us straight. These girls are my sons, John, John and Kate. Plus eight. When I walk in, who don't tell me again what they up to? Had to show where the top is. Rang finger with the rock is dd couldn't test me even if the name was pop quiz Nothing but bad this in here tonight. Oh, if you let me, you know it be quiet. Nothing but real news only. Bad bitches only. Rich news only. Independent only. Boss news only. Thick bitches only. I got my real news yeah. by my side. Only. I never fucked Nikki cause she got a man But when that's over then I'm first in line And the other day in her Maybach I thought god damn this is the perfect time We had just come from that video You know LA traffic had a city slow She was sitting down on that big butt But I was still staring at the TV dog. Yeah low key and maybe high key I been peeped that you like me you know Who the fuck you really wanna be with besides me I mean It doesn't take much for us to do this shit quietly I mean she say I'm obsessed with thick women and I agree. Yeah, that's right. I like my girls BBW. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love that line. So literally <laughs> listen to that. First of all, shout out to Nikki for being like, I never was intimate with Wayne or Drake. Like, let's just dispel those myths and like, I'm going to do what I want and it's really none of your business. But anyways, right after that, Drake comes in and is like, hey, you know, Whatever. If I had the chance, I still would hook up with you. So, mm-hmm. like, what's And I'm good? still staring at at your, your body. Part. Yeah. 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 I, what really resonates with me in this song is, um, you know, younger adults and kids listening to this music and then them developing an expectation of what sex is going to be like for girls. That's like, for boys, I think it's really problematic because it can be just terrible. I mean, you can imagine. 
And then for girls, it's the they develop the expectation that sex isn't supposed to feel you know be good or feel good for them. It's something for the boy. Um, and I just think that that we're not teaching sex ed much differently in schools at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if this is you know one of the main avenues that they're getting this information from and you know developing their own schema of what sex is then that can be super dangerous yeah and it's very like heteronormative like there's also no that. room yeah. for anybody to be doing anything but what they're describing mm-hmm. yeah. with anybody but who they're describing yeah. which is i mean come on that's well, really exclusive thing, yeah and it's super emotionally damaging too if you expect if you expect that sex is going to be this amazing thing the first time first couple of times and it's just bad because we all know what it's like the first couple of times yeah i mean um, first couple of years for some people too yeah. even you know yeah so you know if you're not getting that education that what it's going to be like and what you can do to make it better it's uh that's going to be super damaging yeah um any do any of our listeners want to call in and talk about how they feel about what they just heard or about Drake and his kind of persona in Hollywood and how he's like the nice guy but low key he's kind of the same guy that we always see. Mm-hmm. The number is 503-231-8187. So call in and we'll get you patched through if you'd mm-hmm. like to speak to us. Yeah. Something else that we were talking about is like Drake being the nice boy he expects that he's gonna you know that he deserves a woman he has all these songs where he's like sad that the woman has left him or that he's alone um and I think a lot of it is this perception that men have some men have that if they're nice and they're good people and they're not misogynists and they're not dehumanizing women all the time um or maybe just not in public then they you know, deserve a nice woman and like, how dare she leave him? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you see that a lot in men who, who today, you know, don't think that they have to listen to feminism. They don't think they, um, they're already a feminist. They're already an ally. So that, so then when they are in an intimate relationship with a woman that they don't actually have to listen to. Um, Okay. Sorry, we just had to end that. Um, so we just want to, I guess we should just touch on the fact that um, we do support some of these artists. You know, we do support some of their music and there's nothing wrong with Drake. We're just talking about popular media and different messages that have been um relayed about him but you know i don't have any personal problem with drake i think you know i like his music i don't know him as a person um but some of the things that he says you know are offensive and and i think that needs to be like recognized you know just because he does have a nice nice guy persona in in a lot of his music doesn't mean that there's not room for him to grow and and um yeah so but i don't want it to seem like we're talking bad about these people because um Mm -hmm. that's not what we're trying to do Also, these people are already at the top of pop culture and, you know, the forefront of news. um, And we hear about it everywhere in all these outlets. Hi, Alan. Oh, okay. So I was just going to say that they are already at the top of all these news outlets. And, you know, we all know about them and we all are seeing 
you know, the positive sad boy side of Drake already. And I think it's really important as it is right now, women only make up one third of newsrooms or one fourth. I can't remember the exact statistics. So I think it's really important since he is a male identifying musician. It's important to bring in the female perspective into the conversation because a lot of the time he is thinking about females. So this is a good space for us to talk about how his music affects us. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Um, so thank you for calling in everyone that did and thank you for listening. Thank you, Shira and Marissa for being here and hopefully you tune in to our next episode. When is it? It'll be next month. This is a monthly show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having us. Bye. Sauce in my bag. I see it. I want it. I took yellow. Cool to me, you got some co-ordination